Good morning, DC family. Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast, brought to you as always by DMV Sports Network, your number one source for local, professional, and collegiate sports in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. As always, I am one of your hosts, Frank, and I am joined today by Brendan. Brendan, how are you? It's going good, man. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone that's listening. Yeah, uh, it's been almost a month, about three and a half weeks or so since we last recorded, and we really apologize for the extended absence. Um, We didn't plan on not recording for that long, but we ran into some scheduling conflicts and everything. Um, But we hope you guys had a good set of holidays and are off to a good start in the new year. Um, Unfortunately, the Wizards are not off to the best start in the new year, and we're going to get into that as well as a numerous of other topics that we need to cover since we last recorded. Um, so right now, where things currently stand, the Wizards are 11 and 24. They are the one, two, three. They are the fourth worst team in the Eastern Conference, just one game ahead of the Cavaliers and Knicks with a .314 win percentage. Um, the story of the Wizards season so far really has been injuries as there's been several injuries to several key players and starters in the rotation. Um, Thomas Bryant is still hurt, although he's expected to come back next week or so. Um, Davis Bertans has been dealing with an injury that's kept him out of several games. Uh, Rui Hachimura, uh, he developed an injury as well, groin injury, and his timetable is a little unknown. He's supposed to be out at least a few more weeks. Um, Mo, Wag- Mo Wagner has been injured as well, and that there's just going down the list. There's more injuries, but uh, Brendan, out of all these injuries, like, is that safe to say that if the Wizards had a full lineup or a full healthy roster, or at least a few of these players in the lineup, that their 11 and 24 record would be better than it is right now? I think that's pretty fair to say. I mean, you're talking about missing right now. I mean, I guess. You're missing John Wall. You're missing Thomas Bryant. You're missing Rui. I mean, that's 60% of what your starting lineup would be when healthy. And then, um, you know, you're talking about missing your sixth man and um, and seventh man and Davis Bertans and Mo Wagner. And, um, yeah, you know, they've just been a really depleted team. They've been missing guys all around. They, they had, I think, 19 players on um, – the roster at some point uh, because of the hardship that they were awarded. So they signed Jonathan Williams, who um, played for a few games. I thought played pretty well, um, but they later moved on from him. And then they also moved on from um, the undrafted free agent, uh, Justin Robinson, after not really getting a whole lot of an opportunity. So we'll see what happens with him if he goes to um, the G League or whatever. But, yeah, I think it's pretty fair to say that this team would be better and they would have a much better record if um, they had at least two of those players in their lineup. Yeah, and it's quickly turned into a season. I mean, you kind of touched on a little where we see these guys kind of just popping in and out of the lineup, in and out of the lineup and popping in and out of the roster, quite frankly. Um, I mean, if there is one silver lining, I guess you never want to see players get injured, obviously, especially starters or key rotation guys. But it has opened the door for some younger guys to step up with uh, an extended opportunity and more minutes in the rotation. 
Um, one player who specifically has kind of taken advantage of that is Gary Payton II, who the Wizards added, and he started five out of the seven games, and he kind of made Justin Robinson expendable, like you mentioned, and Payton has had a few big games, and I think he's really impressed on the defensive end. Um, I remember, in, if I'm remembering correctly, in his debut with the team a couple weeks ago, I think he had six steals in uh, the first game. So what have you seen from him, and are you pleased or are you content with the decision to let Justin Robinson go because of how Payton's played, or, or how, do you, how do you view that? Yeah, Gary Payton's been um, a pretty good find, I think, by Tommy Shepard. You know, for those who maybe don't remember, he was with the team, I think, for – a little bit last year ultimately ultimately didn't stick. But, um, yeah, he's played well, especially on the defense. Um, You know, he's a guy, you know, they call him the mitten. Uh, but he gets his hands in there a lot and is able to force steals and um, disrupts the ball handler. And that's someone that the Wizards have really been missing, you know, throughout their roster. So um, he doesn't have the best handle in the world, but he play, he, he's, he really um, favors that left hand. But, um, you know, he gets up and down the floor. Uh, not the worst shooter in the world, although he could be a lot better at it, but he distributes. Um, you know, he's a solid guard to have going forward. And, um, you know, by moving on from Robinson, I think that, you know, maybe they figure he'll be uh, more of a long-term solution for this team. So um, I'm happy that he's played this well going uh, so far, and I hope that he continues to play well going forward. Yeah, and... If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Robinson's initial deal was it it was three years, right? But there was there was no guarantee on it, or I think that's what it was, right? Let me double check on that real quick because I'm not surprised sure. to see them move on so quickly. I know obviously they can bring him back in the G League, but um, like it's surprising to see someone like Gary Payton, who wasn't even on the team's radar um, until just a few weeks ago, just come in and totally make him expendable like that. But if there wasn't a guarantee on the deal, then I guess, or if anything, there was a partial guarantee. But um, either way, I mean, it is a little bit surprising. Yeah, his um, he has two hundred and fifty thousand guaranteed for this year, and then the years um, after that were um, non guaranteed. So, yeah, not not really missing a whole lot on out on that. I hope that he does go to the G League though, because he hates to just wave a young player for nothing, you know. Yeah, especially when they didn't really get an opportunity. But, uh, I mean, obviously I think they like Justin Robinson a good good amount. Um, they they targeted him immediately after the draft, um, so and they locked him up pretty quickly. But I think that just speaks to what they think of Gary Payton and how he's played, um, which is admirable. He's played pretty well, as we mentioned. Um, another player who's been given a bit of an added opportunity is Garrison Matthews, who's played in 14 games. Um, and he's had some, some big games. He had a few um, upper 20 games where he's really shot the lights out. Um, his numbers across the board don't, don't scream anything crazy, but I think he's, he's played well um, in his limited minutes. What have you seen from Garrison Matthews so far? Yeah, like you and, and guys, this is just a heads up. We haven't been really watching a whole lot of Wizards action lately, so um, we we're know doing we're our just... best. Yeah, we're doing our best. And, you know, I have seen some personally, so I know a little bit. Um, but again, just overall, like I haven't sat down and watched every game like I used to. Um, but Garrison Matthews, from what I've seen from him, has been pretty solid. Uh, like I was telling you before we started going here, you know, he's not the best ball handler in the world, uh, not the best defender, but he's a system guy. 
you know, he's a guy you want out there on the floor. Obviously can shoot the lights out of the ball like we've seen so far. You know, I watch the highlights and stuff, but the guy's just unconscious. He's like Bertans. So, I mean, imagine when you have two shooters like that, that no matter what, like they're just going to put up a shot and usually it's going to go in. That's like, that's extremely valuable. And so for Matthews to be getting these minutes now um, is important because who knows, maybe they want to bring him on next year uh, as a part of their 15 man roster. You, you right. know, you want to you, you want to see what you have in these two way players. So um, I'm glad that he's getting a chance to shine. And I mean, he is shining. So that's the most important part here. And I mean, you can't give enough credit to Tommy Shepard for the work he did um, with the roster and finding guys over the offseason, because this is just another example of, um, you know, I think Tommy Shepard is really just going. He was the right hire. And I think he will yeah. continue to show us that he was the right hire going forward. Yeah, so I guess branching off that, I mean, here's a two-part question. One, is it too early to say that this Wizards season is lost in terms of them being able to compete for the last playoff spot? I mean, is it safe to say that that, that's kind of a pipe dream at this point? And two, if that's the case, is the silver lining to to a relatively disappointing season in terms of the win-loss record, is the silver lining finding these young players um, these diamonds in the rough that could potentially be long-term contributors. I don't think that it's too late for them to compete for the playoffs. I mean, <clears throat> again, like we were just saying, I mean, you're talking about right now, if you have a healthy team and, you know, the wizards are going to continue, um, you know, hopefully getting healthier by the day, but um, you know, once they all get back, you're talking about them. I mean, I think that if no one got injured right now, you know, say for John wall and CJ miles, cause I don't think that really matters in the grand scheme of things. But I think that, there's a good chance that they would be holding that eighth spot right now. So um, I think that if they can continue to get healthy and, you know, go on these little streaks where they can um, – not a streak, but, you know, they can win two out of three games or they can win three out of five games. You know, if they can put those type of groupings together at a time, I think that eventually, eventually you know, they would be able to pass the Magic in some capacity because it's not like the Magic are world beaters. Now, the downside to this whole thing is that the Wizards have had opportunities to beat the Magic this whole season – and they haven't been able to do it. Right. And they'll have another opportunity, I believe, on the 8th. Uh, and we're recording on the 6th um, ahead of the Celtics game. So I think the Magic is the next game. I could be wrong on that. Um, but that'll be another, you know, example of, you know, can they prove that, you know, they can compete for that final spot even with missing the bodies. And I think that, I mean, well, I don't think I know. I mean, obviously they've competed, I think, relatively well so far, you know. Uh, minus the wins because, and, and they have gotten some good wins, by the way, like beating Denver the other night by, I think 14 points was um, pretty incredible. I think that they were going to get washed. Like this team comes out of nowhere and surprises you and they have contributors right. um, up and down the roster. So I definitely think that, uh, you know, they should be competing for a playoff spot in some capacity, especially if they do continue um, to get healthier. And then to answer the second part, I mean, I think that's what you always kind of look for in the lost season is you want to see are the young players improving. So um, I guess that is a silver lining. It's not my favorite because I'm a guy that likes winning, um, but we knew that this was going to take some time, you know, the injuries mm -hmm. on top of it, it's certainly not helping. Yeah. And you are right about the, uh, the magic being uh, next on the schedule after tonight's game against Boston. Yeah. Um, okay. And yeah, I, guys, thought I saw that. We are recording this on Monday afternoon before the Celtics game tonight. So we won't be able to, really touch on or recap that much obviously uh, until our next episode but yeah you mentioned um, a couple of the wins they have had lately on the third december 30th and then most recently on saturday 
They beat the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets, both by double digits at home. Yeah. And they did so without Bradley Beal in the lineup, who was dealing with a little bit of leg soreness, and he's been day-to-day. But what does it say about this team that they can compete? Well, I guess in, in those limited sample sizes, they can compete with some of the better teams in the league. Um, despite having what many would look as maybe like a G League type roster, I mean, not not to be harsh or anything, but you know what I'm saying. But I mean, the thing is too, and and really quickly, let me put some respect on some players' names real quick. Uh, Ish Smith and Jordan McRae, you have earned nothing but everyone's respect during this entire stretch because, in a way, those two have been putting this team um, on their backs because Beal missed a stretch of games there. So um, those two have been the reasons why the Wizards have been winning games without all these guys in the lineup. So, um, you know, just to say, you know, yeah, we look for the young players to contribute and stuff. And, you know, what most will probably call a lost season. um, But you're also looking for next year when Wall comes back. And, I mean, it looks like the Wizards have found a legit backup point guard for the first time um, in the Wall era, I think, ever. um, After Andre Miller, anyway. And then, um, you know, Jordan McRae is a legit bucket getter behind Bradley Beal. You know, someone that can come in and handle the ball. And, again, we've been asking for that for years, too. So um, you, you can't give enough credit to those two. Yeah, that's one player who I actually I forgot to touch on uh, briefly is Jordan McRae. He's been playing really well. Um, like you said, he's kind of been carrying the, much of the offensive load recently. I mean, in the past four games, he has a 20-point game, a 29-point game, 15, and 35. And for the season, his shooting splits are really impressive. Um, he's not—he's never really been that efficient from the field or from three, but right now he's shooting 45% from three, 45% from the floor, and over 80% from the free throw line. And I wasn't aware that he's 28 years old. I actually yeah. thought he was like—I thought he was like 25 or 26 at the oldest. Oh no! Yeah, no. But still, it's like he's—he's he's older, but he's a young. He's a young person for his late twenties, you know, because he never really has played all that much. But um, yeah, but you got to remember all those years he was on the Cavs. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he didn't play like at all. Yeah, right. He was on the championship team, but he he played like ten minutes a game, I think. But like, yeah, but what a find he was for us. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, we talked about it leading up into the season. He was one of the few guys on this team um, where you could just give him the ball and say, "Okay, go get me a." go score me a basket, you know, and that's what he's been doing. But, I mean, is it is it sustainable, this kind of shooting pace? I mean, obviously you'd think he'd fall back to earth a bit, but he is averaging around 13 points a game. Like, do you think he can continue to carry the offensive load if Beal is forced and, you know, if his availability is a little bit spotty? Again, like, you know, we talked about Bertanza earlier in the season in one of our earlier episodes. Like, do we think that his shooting can continue? Like, and I answered no, I don't think so. And then he since, you know... Um, in a way, proved me wrong. Maybe not percentage-wise, but he's been still getting like four or five threes a game. But um, I don't think that Jordan McRae can continue at the efficiency that he's at and maybe putting up point games like on a nightly basis. But, um, I mean, I do think he'll continue to impress. Yeah, I mean, obviously that that's what you're looking for at the end of the day. And the Wizards have never really had that many um, impressive bench scorers that could just come off the bench and just score when you needed them to. Um, no matter what the circumstances are. But it seems like McCray is that guy, and um, hopefully he can continue to do so. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess he's just one of the few players who have stepped up 
with the added opportunities like we talked about. And uh, hats off to him. Another player we should talk about briefly is – you told me how to pronounce his name before. Pass the snakes, I think. That's how Justin Kutcher pronounces it. Yeah, I'm going to say Anja Jess passes <laughs> Excellent. That's the best guess I'm going to give it. But, yeah, the uh, seven-foot-one center uh, who's 24 years old. I believe the Wizards signed him to a deal. Was he, was he on a two-way deal earlier? Earlier in the yeah. season, or I don't know. I think yeah. he was in the G League, and then they brought him up. But yeah, so without Thomas Bryan, Mo Wagner in the lineup, uh, he's pretty much assumed the backup center role behind Jan Mahimi. He's playing around twenty-one minutes per game, and he's averaging around eight points and six and a half rebounds. And from what I've seen from him, he seems to be playing pretty well. And uh, he defends the basket well. He moves moves pretty uh, pretty good for his size. Um, what, what do you, have you seen from him that stood out to you? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that stuck out to me is this guy is not afraid of the moment. Like he gets in there, you know, he plays really hard. He's not afraid of the bigger body. So that's something you want to see from your big man, especially at a young age, you know, you don't want to see any shyness, especially if you get the ball down low or, you know, you just want to see guys putting up shots in those situations, especially in a, on a team where the offense, um, you know, right now without all of its guys, let's just say is not the prettiest thing in the world in terms of efficiency. Um, but he's a little bit clumsy, I think, like most guys that size and, right. you know, this young. So, you know, you said he does move well uh, for his size. I agree to an extent, but there's still another part that's like, you know, he is that big. He is still this young, like, like you know, just the fouling. It's kind of like Jan Mahimi, but if Mahimi were younger. Like, I'll, I'll kind of put it like that when it, when it comes to fouling. But um, relatively, I thought that Pass the Snakes has played pretty well. I mean, again, given the circumstances, it's hard to really judge these guys um, when, you know, you're playing with other guys that, you know, probably in an ideal situation wouldn't really be playing. But again, this is another guy like kind of, um, you know, in the Gary Payton situation where and Garrison Matthews is where you're happy that these guys are getting minutes because that's valuable, you know, next year or whatever. If, you know, they get injured or let's say the team for some reason makes the playoffs this year and, um, you know, Mo Wagner's injury gets re-aggravated again. And now you're looking for Pass the Snakes to play minutes behind Thomas Bryant or something like that. I mean, again, these minutes are valuable now because they could pay off down the road and heading into next year. So, um, you know, impressed with Pass the Snakes relatively and, uh, you know, like every other young guy, you want to see him improve. Right. Um. So just branching off that, I mean, we've talked a lot about Scott Brooks uh, in the past, and one thing he's kind of been known for is to be is he's developed a reputation to be someone who favors uh, veteran players as opposed to young players. Um, that's just kind of been his style throughout his coaching career. But this season, you see all these young players we've talked about, they're getting a lot of minutes, and he's giving them opportunities in the rotation. Do you think that that's Brooks maybe changing his philosophy? And showing he's willing to uh, to give young players minutes, or is it more so that's just kind of what Tommy Shepard has instilled within the organization, and they don't really have a choice with all the injuries? I'm sure maybe it's a little bit of both. I'm not sure that I'd peg that one way or the other, but sorry. The reason I, I w- I'm also a little bit frustrated is uh, you know why all the players are out is we can't really get a full evaluation of Scott Brooks. And what he's been able to do, because in the limited games where everyone, you know, say for John Wall was healthy, 
Um, they looked good offensively, but again, the defense just was not there. And now you have guys that really aren't the best scorers in the world. And, and, you know, some guys, again, have showed up and played big games, but they're guys typically that you don't want being your leading scorer on a nightly basis. And now you're down more guys that don't really know what they're doing because they haven't been, they didn't have the opportunity to be with the team all offseason and stuff like that. So it's hard to evaluate um, Scott Brooks and what he's been able to do. I mean, they've won some good games against some tough opponents at a lot of bodies. So you got to give him credit there. But again, I, I just, it's not fair to give any sort of evaluation until the team gets healthy. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so between the following players who are st- who are still waiting uh, to return from injury, whose return are you most excited for between uh, Thomas Bryant, Mo Wagner, Davis Bertrand, and Rui Hachimura? Who are you most excited to see come back? Um. You know, my personal favorite is Thomas Bryant. So, of course, I want to see him back in the lineup. Man, this is tough because Wagner was playing really well. Bertans is obviously lights out. Like, it's pretty much what do you think the team is missing right now that would be most valuable. Like, you know, do they miss Bertans' uh, shooting? Do they miss um, Thomas Bryant's energy? Do they miss Mo Wagner's versatility? You know, it's it's pretty much, you know – whatever they're missing, you know, you want to take that best quality from each player because they've all been, I think, pretty valuable players. I know Thomas Bryant's kind of had a down year, uh, but you would expect him to pick that up when he comes back. But I guess based off what we've seen so far and what um, he means to the team, like all around, I guess I'm most excited for Mo Wagner to come back, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, again, the charges, uh, the intensity on both ends of the floor, he can beat guys off the dribble, can stretch the floor. Uh, I think that Mo Wagner is the person. Like, if I had to pick one out of the group to come back tonight, like, I'm picking Mo Wagner. Yeah, it's interesting. You know I love Mo Wagner. And what sucked so much about him being injured is that he was playing so well before. So um, well. Yeah, and, and they the all same, were. Yeah, the same can be said for Rui and Bertans, obviously. They were just – well, Bertans has been in the groove pretty much all season. But Rui was just really beginning to find his stride. Yeah. Um, as a as the scoring end of things, and he was really just putting up points, and then he has this groin injury comes up, so it sucks. But I mean, it's the nature of the game. Um, but yeah, hopefully all those guys come back sooner rather than later, and you know the recoveries go well and all that. Um, let's talk a little bit about Troy Brown Jr., who's kind of been developed in somewhat of a polarizing player, at least on, around Wizards Twitter. Yeah. Um, just because people have, have a lot of different opinions about him. Um, he's kind of been one of the few players on the roster who hasn't gotten injured this year, and he's been in, had a consistent role in the rotation. Um, he's kind of settled into a bench role as one of the ball handlers in the second unit. And his play has been up and down, but he has had some highlights recently um, against the 76ers and the 21st. He had 19 points. And then he had 26 against the Knicks, and most recently against the Denver Nuggets, he had 25 points and 14 rebounds on 10 of 12 shooting from the floor. Um, how encouraged have you been by Troy Brown's performance of late, and how do you see his season playing out moving forward? Yeah, I think one of the more underlying stories that you know not a whole lot of people are giving too much energy just because of the completely new look the team was going to have but how is Troy Brown going to um you know stand out this year and perform 
um, in sort of, I guess, an unknown role. You know, was he going to be a wing? Was he going to be a ball handler? Was he going to be the starter? Was he going to be a backup? And we know that um, he's performed better in a backup role. I still would imagine that he would be the starter next season, uh, assuming that, uh, you know, they don't for some reason come up or somehow come up with some money and are able to spend it on a decent quality starting small forward or on really, they really, they just want to balance the units and put a guy like Bonga in the starting lineup, you know, can kind of guard their best offensive player, whatever. I don't know exactly how they're going to game plan that. I'm just kind of brainstorming ideas on the spot, but um, I like Troy Brown's progression. He's played good. Um, his confidence has been going up and that's what you want to see from a young player like himself. And he's proven that, you know, he can be kind of a, a do-it-all type guy. His mid-range shot has gotten extremely better. His set three-point shot has improved. Um, I've been impressed with Troy Brown. Yeah, I mean, Brown has played pretty well, like you said, um, in recent weeks. And for him, it's all about confidence. And I know we've talked about this a lot. He's a rhythm player and whatnot. But you can see that when he's attacking the basket and his shots are falling, he just looks like a totally different player um, as opposed to when that's not the case. But, I mean, in your lifetime as a Wizards fan, can you remember a season where there's been this many injuries up and down the roster? I mean, no. to me, this, is, this has been by far the most um, injury bug season, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I can't remember when it's been this bad. Like, you're, again, you're missing 60% of your starting lineup. You're missing your two first guys off the bench. Um, it's been bad. Yeah. Um, so. It is 2020 now, right? It is the new year. Looking back, and it is also the new decade, more importantly. Looking back on this past decade, um, what is your most, what stands out to you as your favorite Wizards memory? It can be any play or any moment, any shot or anything. Off the cuff, if you had to pick one moment, that was your favorite between 2010 and the end of 2019. You know, I think a lot of people's favorites, favorite um, is either going to be that Paul Pierce shot um, in the playoffs or it's going to be that John Wall shot in the playoffs in Game 6 um, against the Celtics. But I am going to go with Game 5 against the Chicago Bulls in the 2014 playoffs when the Wizards um, won that series. Everyone was picking them, was picking the Wizards to lose. Um, I, th- I remember seeing on the ESPN thing that only one reporter had picked the Wizards to win, and um, that was in six games, and, you know, they did it in five. It showed them that they belonged and that they could do it. And then, you know, I, I know you can't really ever say this, but if Roy Hibbert doesn't wake up against, uh, you know, in that second round against the Pacers, I think that the Wizards walk away winning that series and they go to the Eastern Conference Finals with such a young backcourt at the time. I think that Wall was, what, 21 and Beal was 20 or something like that. Yeah, That would have been really incredible. But I think just that that was a really feel-good moment for Wizards fans. It showed that the young core is promising and that they belonged and that they could perform in the playoff spotlight at such a young age. So that was my favorite moment. Yeah, that's a good one. And that's underrated, man. People forget about about that series overall and how important that was, not just for the team then, but, you know, moving forward for the direction of the team that really laid the foundation um, for what that core could accomplish um, in their playoff success. For me, I was going to go, like you said, with the Paul Pierce shot or the John Wall shot. Both of those stand out as obviously important moments and 
great ones for fans, but but you're going gonna... with Earl Boykins. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with the day that we signed Eric Maynard to be the backup point guard. That yeah, was my favorite moment. It. But no, uh, on the real, I would probably say um, Game Four of the series against the Raptors when we swept them. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that was that was insane. Like that was awesome. No one, no one was expecting us to do that. Like similar to uh, to the Bulls series, no one was expecting us to win. Oh, the memes so. were undefeated. Yeah, dude, sweep the like the sweep the North memes and like. Oh yeah, I think awesome. a lot of Wizards fans for years, I guess before the Raptors won the championship, they that was what they held over Raptors fans' heads, right? Because that was the only I remember. Thing we, um, that was the only thing we had on them. I remember Arthur and I um, made like an it Photoshop thing that it was like Paul Pierce's it, and it had like all the Raptors on it and stuff. Um, because remember the whole it factor thing, like it was really funny. Like I was sitting there thinking about it, and then Arthur went ahead and created it. But um, and, and for those of you that don't know Arthur, it's at District Mamba. I, I think that's still his username on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I mean that I just remember like the memes and the trolling. Oh, it was good times. It was, dude. That was the pinnacle of of uh, of Wizards Twitter for sure. But um, yeah, I mean. On the flip side, if you had to choose one moment um, that you look back with a negative connotation, like your least favorite moment of the decade, and this is tough. I know I'm putting you on the spot here. This is tough. But I think I know my answer, and I, th- I feel like you might have the same thought, but let's, let's hear it. Uh, I mean, man, this is hard. So, so for reference, guys, just, just saying, like, we didn't go over this beforehand, so, like, I legit have no idea. Yeah, like, I'm, we didn't I'm, plan this out. We're, this we're, is straight on the spot. I'll go, why don't I go ahead and tell you what mine, okay. mine is. Okay. My least favorite moment of the decade was Game 7 against the Celtics mm-hmm. in the last, what, five, six, seven minutes, basically just the entire fourth quarter, watching Kelly Olynyk just torch us and demolish us wide open three after wide open three yeah he's beating markeith morris and marcin gortat off the dribble and then all of a sudden we're down by like 10 points and there's nothing we can do about it and it's like wow we really just lost this game seven because kelly olenic we couldn't stop kelly olenic in the fourth quarter and like that was just that was crushing to me and that was just the pinnacle of of Gortat and Markeith Morris in the front court, like just not being able to stop Kelly Olynyk no matter what, and Brooks just looked lost on the sideline. And it was like, man, like we really should have, could have won this series. And we really had a talented team, and we didn't even get to play the Cavaliers and LeBron, which I think all Wizards fans were really looking forward to. Yeah. And you can thank Kelly Olynyk for that. And really, you can thank Kelly Olynyk for that. That was really the end of the Wizards' core as we knew it. We just didn't know it at the time, but it really was. Like, that was, that was the last thing they were going to accomplish was get into that Game 7. And, and then I think, like, that following year and that first game when he signed with Miami, I think he pretty much beat us that game, too. Yeah, he hit the game winner. He hit the game yeah. winner. Layup. God. But that Game 7, like, I'll just never forget watching just being so frustrated. Yeah. Um... Yeah, see, that's what I was going to say, but I was trying to think if I could think of anything else. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. 
What about um maybe when maybe LeBron remember he hit that that fadeaway three off the glass? Yeah, that, see, but that game was so fun. Like I still stand yeah. by my like that is the most fun game I think I have ever watched. Ever. Yeah, that was that was like the best lot. I mean, the Wizards did lose that game, right? Or am I just totally forgetting something? Yeah, yeah, they lost. Yeah, that was like the best. That was the most entertaining Wizards loss that I could ever remember. And like, you couldn't even be upset about it, really. I mean, I was upset as hell, but I mean, it was. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like you're upset, it... but it was like, all right, LeBron just hit this crazy shot. Like, like hats off to him. And I think the Wizards actually, the Wizards have had some pretty good games this year. I think they had a game against the Rockets where I was like, this might be the most fun game I've ever watched since that Cavs game. Um, so I think that might be up there. But I mean, I still think because everyone was on fire that game. Gortat was good. Marquise Morris was good. Otto Porter was on fire. Beal came in clutch. Wall was good. Like everything you could have wanted out of that game to look at as a Wizards fan and be like, wow, this was just a really positive all-around game. Like that was it. And we lost to a LeBron shot in which he stepped out of bounds and it wasn't called. Was that the same year as um was that the same year we lost to the Celtics? Was that the game seven year or am I thinking of something else? I think so. I'm not hundred percent sure. It was either that or the year after. Yeah, I think it was that year because then it was like, oh man, like we can really com- like we can compete with the Cavs. Look at this. Like yeah, we're going might have been Yeah, we're yeah. going toe to toe with the Cavs. And I yeah. think that's why some Wizards fans wanted a series with the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals or whatever. And then, like I said, obviously, you know, Kelly Olenek came and it never happened. But And it's like no one ever wants a matchup with LeBron, but I think that the Wizards provided the best matchup should they ever have met. I think for a few years there, and, you know, obviously it just never panned out that way. But um, I thought that Wall and Beal would have been too tough for their guards to handle. Yeah, and Not I remember they would have beaten the Cavs, but I think they would have been more competitive they would have than given the Raptors or the Celtics or... Yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have gotten swept. I don't think. I think they might have been able to steal at least one game. Just looking back on it. Yeah. But um, so if you had to project now that we're in the new decade, right? And I know twenty twenty just started. Your gut feeling, right? The next nine ten years, mm-hmm. do you think the Wizards will have more success, less success, or the same amount of success as they did in the twenty ten era? And I know that's a loaded question. Like, it's almost impossible to even predict what's going to happen. But just your gut feeling as a fan. Like, do you think the tide's going to turn? And I'm not saying winning a championship or whatever, because that's, like, impossible to predict. Everyone, obviously, you'd love to see the Wizards win a championship. But first of all, do you think they can get to an Eastern Conference Finals? Let's start with that at some point. I think they can, but I don't think they will. Interesting. Yeah, like, I think the next that there's 10 years, be... you don't think so? No, I think that what's going to happen is next year Wall's going to come back. They're not going to be that good, then they're going to blow it up. Brad's going to one out, and we're sitting here rebuilding in about three seasons or so. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. Yep. And it's not, again, it's not like I'm saying that, oh, yeah, book it, and I'm a John Wall hater. I just, when you factor in everything, I just I don't know if he's going to be able to come back next year and be that same player. And even if he is, when John Wall has been at the top of this game, what has the rest of the organization or team around him been able to do to say, oh, yeah, yeah, the Wizards will be fine. Like, it's just and, and so Wizards, right? So Wizards. So and that that's so the wizards. most important thing there. So I just, uh, you know, they may win a playoff series or two, but I, I don't think that they're going to touch anything close to a conference final based off what we know right now. Again, this could change. 
but that's oh, just my gut feeling. Change. We're talking about ten years from now. Right. But it's just, it's just it's just pretty cool. To, I mean, not cool, but it's interesting to think about that. Um, looking that far ahead, kind but, of depressing, really. Yeah, it is. But uh, because I'm sh- I I'm gonna miss when Wall and Beal go for as as much as their shortcomings, but like they have to be like if you grew up and were like you know younger like us, like Wall and Beal have to be your two favorite players like ever. Yeah, at least at least some of the most exciting players they've provided. For for the younger generation, they they were. I mean, John Wall was Gilbert Arenas, right? To what? Yeah. Some of the older fans were. Um, yeah. So, on looking in the short spectrum of things, the short term spectrum of things, what's what's one or two New Year's resolutions? Not for you, but for the Wizards. If you had to lay down some New Year's resolutions, what are you hoping for, or, or what are you looking for this year on uh, twenty twenty, moving forward? Get healthy and compete for the playoffs. All right, pretty simple. For me, I'm looking more at John Wall specifically. Obviously, I want the team to get healthy, but I just want John Wall to recover completely, and I want him to get as healthy as possible because he's a I dog. Think, I think we all want him to return to the player oh, yeah. that we saw in 2016. Like, well, even after that, because remember the the year he missed basically like the, the rest of the second half of the year, and then he came back. And was like right. Jesus in the playoffs, even though we lost the series. But um, and yet we want we took it to six. Like that was impressive, and it was all because of him. It was, but it's like man, like you think back, like this dude was so good, so so good, and then he just became this polarizing figure because of the contract, and he just kept dealing with these different injuries, the bone spurts, and then obviously the the Achilles and everything, you know, slip slipping down the stairs at his house or whatever. And it's like, well, man, like before that injury and like last year, um, for the most part, he was unbearable to watch. Like he, I could not watch him. Um, I remember talking, I'm sure you remember, like I was just frustrated. I was fed up. Um, but hopefully he comes back with a mind refresher and has a different mindset and is one to just come back and just be a point guard. And that's what I'm, that would be my New Year's resolution for John Wall. Just come back and be John Wall. Stop, stop trying to be Steph Curry. Don't try and be this player that holds the ball all the time. Just be right. John Wall. Yeah, and I mean, it'd be reminiscent to not, to not bring this up. I mean, we don't have to talk about it too much, but the dude lost his mother recently to cancer. Yes, terrible, like, man. And like, he's had all these injuries, and then that happens. It's Nothing like, to take his mind off it. Exactly. It's like, yeah, because he's still rehabbing, so he's just sitting around, and then that happens. It's like, man, this dude has had maybe the worst 2019 of, of anyone I can I can at least think of off the top of my head. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, so for me, I just want John Wall to get healthy, and I wish him the best moving forward. And I know was, all Wizards fans um, are with me on that boat. But, yeah, I mean, I guess just getting back to the Wizards. So they play the Celtics tonight. And like we said, they play the Magic on Wednesday, and then they play the Atlanta Hawks on Friday night at home. Um, between these three games, I guess I'll throw the Jazz game in there as well. After the Hawks, they play the Jazz on Sunday. So at some point in between that or after this, this four or three game stretch, we're going to try to get another episode out. But looking at these four games, two and two, maybe? One and three? <sighs> Let me see. Celtics, Magic, Hawks, and then who? Uh, the Jazz. 
All these are at home, with the exception of the Magic game, which is on. The you know, road. they're they're gonna have that one game where they really impress, but I'll say one and three. One and three. So, yeah. do you think they're gonna beat the Celtics or the Jazz? Maybe, maybe an upset there, or yeah, I think one of those two teams they'll end up beating, and then the other two teams they'll crawl back into their defensive hole. Yeah, I mean, they should theoretically, hopefully, be able to beat the Magic or the Hawks, right? Uh, you would think, but they can't beat the Magic now for whatever reason that it is. And it's very frustrating because if they beat, like, the Magic the last two times, I mean, they're, like, two games out of the eighth spot with going into tomorrow, being able to put it to, like, one game. Like, I'm, like I look at that stuff, like, they, again, even with all these injuries, they could still be, like, in the spot, like, or in the, you know, in a situation where they could win the eight seats. So yeah, because the Magic... you got to come away with some of these games. The Magic are sixteen and twenty, and they're in the eighth seed. Right, four games they're not under world Exactly, but for some reason they just can't beat them. I don't know. Oh, I don't no, get it. It's frustrating. They like, got to figure it out. When Marco Fultz plays us, and I mean, I'm a big Marco Fultz supporter, but when he plays us, his his game just elevates like entirely. And you could probably say the same about like Evan Fournier or whatever. It, you could say the same thing about everyone in the NBA. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. That's a good point. But uh, yeah, so we're going to try to get you guys an episode out uh, shortly, sometime this week or next week. Um, again, we apologize for for our absence over the past several weeks. But um, yeah, I guess that's everything. Uh, anything else you want to touch on, Brendan, or all set? Um, yeah, I'm just hoping that we start winning some more games so we can start looking a bit more competitive. Because as we've seen in the way the lottery has been reformed, it's just tanking doesn't work. So I just want to see them win some games. This isn't the NFL where if you lose, you're guaranteed to, you know, have the number one pick or whatever. Like, I want to see this team. I want to see the young talent develop. I want to see them get some wins, and I want to see this team get healthy. Yep. Word up, brother. And um, I'll leave us all on this note. Go Ravens. Go Ravens. Yeah, go Lamar Jackson. That's my guy. QB1 from beginning. There, there, was, not a time, there was not a point in my life where I said, Lamar Jackson is not the best quarterback in that draft class and doesn't have a chance to be the best quarterback in the NFL. So I'm just saying. Super Bowl bound. Super Bowl bound, buddy. And uh, last thing is, Brendan, do you want Scott Brooks to be the coach of the New York Giants? Um, no. <laughs> All right. See you guys. See you guys.